When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, we are gathered here today. Technically a bonus episode on this this Wednesday. We are gathered here to start our review of the Netflix docuseries Quarterback, starring none other than Kirk Cousins. I guess technically it stars Patrick Mahomes a little bit more. Feels like yes. the pie chart of who's being shown the most yes. is like Mahomes is the most shown. Cousins is shown the second most. And then I don't know. I don't want to like spoil because we're going to try and stick to like the themes in right. the first two episodes here. Right. But by the time you get almost halfway through, Mariota has like quit the Falcons. <laughs> so I don't know. And what's the right word I'm trying to find here? Is it the juxtaposition of the three is so well done? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you've got. Mahomes, who's just a god, Kirk, who's damn good, and then Marcus, who is not so like yeah. it's a, it's such an interesting look inside the lives of the same position from three very different perspectives. And that's what we saw in full swing too. Like you saw some of the best, and then you saw you know some of the mid tier guys, and then you saw Joel Damon, who's just kind of happy to be here and cool being the 88th golfer in the world. Like same thing with these quarterbacks. You have the best in the league, you have the mid-tier guy, and then you have the fringe guy. So, I mean, it does make sense kind of what they're doing here. Yeah. Do you think Mariota was a little offended when he kind of realized what they were doing? Okay, so they're grabbing, you know, they're not grabbing Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. They're grabbing Mahomes, Cousins. Well, well Cousins could have been me? offended too, but I, I, but I think, you know what? Marcus strikes me as the type of guy who by the time and I I am well into the whole thing by now, but I don't know he gets super offended. Strike, he struck me as a very much a live and let live guy, and then he lost his job, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go have surgery, peace out, and he, he's a different cat. Pretty That's ruthless, very... by the way, to, to, to fire Marcus Mariota from the starting quarterback position like 18 hours after the birth of his first child, but that's the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's also this. He's raised in Hawaii. Like, I feel like Island, like, if you've ever been over there, too, it's it's just such a laid back and there's not much of um of, of vitriol towards other people's actions. You know, you kind of control what you control and you go with the go with the motions and go with those waves, basically. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me that he's kind of, you know, just kind of not aloof by it, but not really offended by it either. I think he's, he seems a little aloof, I guess. So. All right. Hello, Maya Maggie making an appearance in here. Uh, I had to kick Vinny out. The show is presented here every day by TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. 
TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com, an official TV partner of the National Football League. So so we're gonna we're gonna do three different we're gonna break down our review of this uh, from a Kirk Cousins perspective largely into sort of three different episodes. And obviously things are there's gonna be themes that kind of bleed in and out. So, you know, don't overthink it. But the first two episodes took us up to the Buffalo game. So it was like the start of the season, Kevin O'Connell gets hired, and and it took us all the way through the homecoming when Kirk went back to Washington for the first time since signing with the Vikings. We also had in the first five minutes a Judd Zolgad sports dad appearance in audio form. We Chips had Goggins the first too. two episodes. We had Judd in the first two episodes. Yeah, and Chips Goggins as well. I, I heard Chipper's voice at one all point. The, all the luminaries. Yeah, yes. all the locals. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Right. So let's kind of go around the room here and just maybe we do it in statements form. Just things that you observed or learned, Kirk Cousins related or Vikings related, uh, episodes one and two of quarterback. You can start with Judd, too. Um, you like that? You like that? I learned or it was confirmed that Kirk Cousins is as tougher, tougher than I thought. Um, he takes a beating throughout the course of this whole of I guess you you could safely say the 2022 season, he takes an absolute annihilation. And I didn't realize, for for instance, that he played almost all of last year now with bad ribs. And like his ribs were, and, and you see all the stuff he goes through. And I knew he was tough. And we've talked about this before. His games played, his consecutive game streak that that has been broken by like COVID. And, and not playing because the Vikings have a playoff spot uh, wrapped up. But he has never missed a game, I don't think, in his career, yeah. which is now a lengthy career because of injury. And so you know he's tough. But when you when I watch this, and starting with the first two episodes, how tough he is confirmed or exceeded my my knowledge of that. I was I was very impressed by what he plays through and how he basically continues to get up time after time despite the fact that he is hurt. And I, and I actually have it in my notes to go further into this subject in the third and like this, the second episode that we do, because the, the, the third episode I believe started with him in the cold tub. Yes. And then it kind of escalated from there. So I'll, I'll probably hold some of these thoughts for a future episode, but when he got hit, when he threw that man coverage dime to Justin Jefferson down the left side of the field against Washington. And we were all doing, uh, we were at mall of America doing our, and that's the end of, episode two right yep and uh, and he got the wind knocked out of him and he's on the he's on the ground just writhing in pain and the defender kind of gets up slaps him on the butt and says you'll be all right yep (laughs) it just trots his body is like being outlined on the turf he's just sucking wind you'll be fine guy just get up come on and and kirk Kirk says like five (laughs) times i got the wind knocked out of, of me i'm fine i got the wind knocked out of me it's sort of like he's in shock and then he says what was it a touchdown and when informed it wasn't a touchdown, he said, oh, I would have gotten up if I had known that because when the trainers come out for you like that. You miss a play. Yeah. You have to miss a play. So, like, again, he, he's like, oh, I would have gotten up if I had known that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that, that stuff's flat out impressive because we've seen a lot of guys, and it's not the play's fault, but we've seen a lot of guys in the history of this franchise who have played quarterback who don't get up from some of the things that I think Kirk Cousins gets up from. The only thing that uh, like kind of irked me about that 
scene was I kind of wanted to, even though it was just one play, like that's the play Nick Mullins comes into for one play. By the way, he almost fumbled that snap. I don't know if you guys remembered that, but like Cam, mm-hmm. Nick Mullins comes in for the one play, almost screws up the snap. I wanted, and maybe there just wasn't anything riveting worth showing, but I wanted something of, of him having to go to the sidelines, having to either talk to Mullins or realize, oh, Mullins has to come in, or now I have to now go back in for Mullins. I feel like there was a missed opportunity there because that's what I was waiting for. After he was on the ground, I was like, oh, they're going to show what it was like for Nick Mullins then to come even for just run play, but they just kind of glossed over that fact too. Yeah. It's funny the things that they, cause they drilled really deep into some games and some moments, but then they, they just ignored other games. I thought it was smart. Like they, they definitely chose, they were, they were very, very good about the games they chose to sort of drill down on. Absolutely. Um, even that Arizona game yes. that became kind of a launching point. I think that was more episode three where they showed how did Kevin O'Connell and Kirk cousins really kind of, solidify the, the partnership so you like that? Uh, dex you like that? uh so my first statement was from the, back in the first episode um what and i think everyone kind of knows this when a new coach or a new system comes in but just how uncomfortable he was in this new system for a long time yeah. like and and we all know how difficult it is to learn a new playbook We've talked before about it's not just trading for a guy in the middle of your lineup in baseball. Like when you have someone that comes in midseason, it's a it's like learning French if you were, you know, only speaking Spanish. So I thought it was really kind of interesting to see him basically admit that he was not comfortable learning this system or at least wasn't up to speed with maybe where he'd liked it to be, especially after the butt kicking in Philly that took place on Monday Night Football in week two. I thought it was really telling because he doesn't show his cards too much. And he, you know, he always talks about code words and getting up to speed. Like we've heard that speak at the podium before, but I thought it was very interesting that he basically shares that he wasn't comfortable in this system for the first few weeks of the regular season, not just a training camp, right? The regular season. I think yeah. the verbiage too, because he, he talked about it in training camp. He basically said the concepts went back to, to some of the stuff that McVan Shanahan did in Washington, but the verbiage had changed. And so, and as you can tell, because as the documentary continues on, it becomes very, and very important part of the cousin storyline, like his need to be able to feel like he is in full control is a huge part of his life. And so just the verbiage being different and for him adjusting, I think for Kirk is a very big deal. Yeah, there were some really, well, actually I'll, this is probably a good dovetail into my first statement here that it was incredible the stark difference between Patrick Mahomes personality and, and life and Kirk Cousins personality and life. Now I will say the big similarity is that they both seem like really nice humans. They're, they, they, they clearly have just an ability to connect with people on a certain level or, or like people, people don't say like terse words about Kirk's personality or, Mahomes personality. Sure. But I'm just, I'm going to read you. I literally was just like typing observations about their personalities. I want to read you from directly from my notes here. What I wrote down about Mahomes and cousins. Mahomes equals cocky, cool, charismatic hulks up when faced with a challenge. So remember, was it the first episode and the chiefs are playing the Raiders and Max Crosby comes by a few seconds after Mahomes yep. lets go of ball and kind of like, kind of like punches him in the arm. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes was explaining, you know, like, you know, defensive players, they, they want to come and they just psychologically, they want to get a hand on you just so you can kind of feel their presence. But I felt like it was 
and he's re- he's recalling this after the fact in a calm way, right? Like in front of the cameras. And I just felt like, yeah, it just kind of felt unnecessary. And then they cut back to the game footage, and he's literally like headbutting Max Crosby. You woke up the wrong mf'er. You woke up the wrong mf'er, right? And he's now he's daggering the Raiders. Like Mahomes has this side of his personality that when faced with a challenge, his ankle gets screwed up. A defensive player does something, right? He like wants to respond by murdering everyone, right? He's just like, hold me yeah. back. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash on the mm-hmm. opponent, on the league. And then he's just out there kind of playing ball. Here's what I wrote down for cousins. Super nice guy, in his own words, a basic guy, right? Even the whole like the the three minutes at the beginning of the first episode where they're explaining how Julie picks out his clothes every day, his wife Julie, and and how his like sort of a yellow plaid checkered shirt after the first game of the season generated a bunch of social media buzz for, you know, where is that an LL Bean shirt? Like, where is he getting that shirt from? Uh, and he even said, yeah, you know, I was just, just wearing a shirt that my wife picked out and his wife's like, oh, just uh, they look like fall colors. It just looked like a nice shirt, right? So just a real kind of basic guy, very studious, but he's a big time thinker. He gets caught deep in his thoughts. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's good, a, like the good side of that is that's probably how he became going from like a nondescript high school player to being a backup in college to being a fourth round pick, or whatever, like being studious and deep in his thoughts probably helped create the peak version of Kirk. But you also see how he operates really wound up sometimes and with a tinge of self-doubt. You saw the scene with the the sports psychologist where um I'm quoting this from Kirk. He said, quote, sometimes you carry yourself with a doubt mindset, wondering what's coming around the corner. That's the biggest difference between, to me, Mahomes and Cousins. Oh, yeah. Mahomes isn't worried at all about what's lurking around the corner. He's literally saying, get your ass out from around the corner so I can rough you up. And Kirk operates sometimes like, I don't know. I don't know. It's around the corner. Mahomes is a straight up alpha. He is a straight up alpha and he goes crazy. Yeah. It's awesome too. Cause like it's, it's so funny. And he talks about the difference of like when he has his, you know, his kids and his wife with him, he's like, seems like a really good dad, but on the field, he fully admits, I forget what I'm saying. Like, I can't t- tell you. And then what's great is they'll go back and play it and it'll be F bombs here. <laughs> MFers there. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, the reality is, and, I will say this, nothing we see about Kirk in this entire doc, at least for me, and I'm I'm late into it, surprises me. Like, there's nothing I've seen where I'm like, I can't believe that. Because I never thought that Kirk was a bad guy, and we know he's got talent. Um, but the thing with Kirk, and, and this, this struck me, and I hate to say it because it's sort of a slam against myself, Kirk's like m- me with athletic talent. Kirk sees the <laughs> Kirk sees what's around the corner and he can't e- ignore it. There's times on the sideline where I mean, if you juxtapose again Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, it's incredible. Mahomes is like, we're gonna go back out there, we're gonna score every trip, and like he's saying we're gonna murder their families. We're yeah, and he's everyone. saying stuff that yeah. you're like, you know, Patrick, you're probably not <laughs> like like a reality check would be Pat. You're probably not gonna go back out there against the Bengals and score every drive, but he's saying that. But Kirk says things like, "Ooh, this is a problem." In fact, I can't wait till, and I'm not going to spoil this one. The Buffalo I game? I can't know the Colts game. When oh, we get yeah. to the Colts game at the end, there is a marvelous scene. But I thought that screams Zolgad right there. 
Just, um, oh God, oh God. What's yeah, he's like, he, he literally is me <laughs> if I had talent athletically. He's a realist and gets caught up in his thoughts. Um, but that's why I find this whole thing, you know, starting with episodes one and two to be so intriguing because you, you've got alpha MVP guy. You've got really talented guy, probably thinks too much, but he's really talented. And then you've got guy who was, a you know, what, the second overall pick in his draft, and it just doesn't – or it has not worked. But I'm with you. Like, it is so it, – it's not that you're seeing new things as much as you're seeing confirmation, but the confirmation, and that's what I love about this, is so interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, I think one more thought, and we'll, and we'll uh, go back around on the lap here with Judd. But I'll give you another quote that I wrote down as Kirk was kind of talking about. You know, he was like deep in his thoughts with the Netflix crew. I'm still on a quest to figure out how how do I fulfill my potential as a player and as a person. You know, he's and I don't know, like in some ways, I feel like he has wildly fulfilled his potential as a player. I mean, obviously, like that goes against what we talk about here all the time, which is this team needs to win a Super Bowl and Kirk needs to make a playoff run. And, and I still believe those things, but I don't know that Kirk cousins as a high school quarterback. And even like the scene where he's reading his dad's scouting report of him early in high school, that someday Kirk, if you work really hard, you could be all state, all state Michigan football player, right? Wow. That would be crazy. I don't know that he was expected when he was a 15 or 16 year old, to ever be putting up like four thousand yard passing seasons in the NFL or in college, right? It's so draft pick, yeah. It's kind of like I'm on a quest to figure out how do I fulfill my potential as a player and a person. I would think that if you were to tell 15 year old Kirk Cousins, "Hey, guy, uh, you're going to be one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world for like a seven year stretch," mm-hmm. I think that would qualify as filling your potential as a player. And and I mean, he can speak to the person part more than we could, but just such yeah, just such an interesting. He's. He's just, he's a very deep thought guy. And I think it helps him on one hand, but it sometimes holds him back in some other ways, as you see throughout the entire season. It feels like in life and football that that this sets the scene for or the tone for. He's always on a quest to improve and for knowledge. And I think in life, that's probably awesome. I don't know in football, like, because you're right, Phil. Kirk Cousins, the football player, has massively overachieved. Like, he shouldn't be – you You would like to say, and I say this with all due respect at times, in watching the football stuff, and Kevin O'Connell sort of, sort of does begin to say this, but you would like to say, Kirk, as far as a football player, just take a deep breath and let your talent go to work. Because yeah, I, Ke- Kevin I feel spends like the, a- the quest for life, Kirk, which I sort of like as a person, almost gets in the way of the football, Kirk. Kevin spends a lot of time, and I'm going to kind of bleed out into other episodes here. He spends a lot of time, and I'm through six episodes right now as we record this, getting Kirk to try and calm down. Yep. Like Kevin gets frustrated by how Kirk gets frustrated. And they still, I'm not saying there's like a rift or anything. I'm just, and, and everyone gets frustrated. I'm, it's not even a, I'm right. not like trying to dunk on Kirk or anything. I'm just saying like, right. Kirk Kirk, if if something goes a little off script in some way, yes. his ribs get banged up, and like I mean, the three of us would would never even get off the ground. Like the guy's tough as nails; no one's disputing that. So whether it's injury related or 
Justin Jefferson runs the wrong route over here or whatever, like the game flow is going against you. He he tends to really, really feel that. And even in that scene with the sports psychologist, another thing he said was talking about needing to mentally let go of mistakes and yeah. how God, something bad happens and it just kind of, he's constantly reminding himself, you got to flush it, you got to flush it. It's not intuitive for him to just be like, ah, oh, whatever. Like Brett, Brett Farr was the opposite. So you're like, Brett, maybe you should remember the time that you uh, threw an interception at the end of an NFC championship game. Maybe that should like linger a little bit in your head when you're about to throw a ball over the middle guy. <laughs> so Mahomes is ultimately, I think it's safe to say this without being blasphemy. Mahomes is a mass, is a better quarterback than Favre, but you can see the intangibles mentally that both of the, those guys shared. And I love the stuff where Patrick he he melts down on himself, but then it's over. Like that's the thing with him. He's he yells at himself, but then it's done, and he knows exactly. Like he doesn't fret it. He just goes ballistic, and then that's it. It's such an interesting difference, and I feel like Favre had that ability to, and it cost him at times, but he had the ability to screw up and let go. Because in sports, if you don't, I don't think you. Sports is so filled with failure. Like it's a huge part of your job. And so this need to be this need for perfection at times, I think, is un- unattainable and actually can hold you back from the fact that if you embrace the failure, accept it and allow it to go, that's the next play. Then, I, I mean, Brady's a master at that or has been or was, you know, a failing and then bang, he's right back. I feel like Kirk holds it a, a lot. It does. It, it sits with them a little bit. Let's call this a halftime. We'll make another lap around the room here with some statements here. But at this halftime of our breakdown of the first two episodes of quarterback, let's shout out our friends over at Power Lodge and Miller Marine, where you can get into one of 300-plus pontoons in stock. So we're right smack dab in the middle of lake season here, ladies and gentlemen. The dog days of summer may not last. But uh, the inventory won't either. You got to get in there. Go from floor to shore today, Judd, uh-huh. at Miller Marine in St. Cloud and all Power Lodge locations. Incredibly well put. And and it just reminded me here in seeing this, Kirk Cousins, he needs a Bennington. Because if you think about it, right, relax, get out there on the water, take a deep breath. Kirk, you know, clearly makes en- enough to buy one or two. But, you know, go out there, training camp, is starting in a couple of weeks. Take a deep breath. Look at the beautiful sky. Enjoy a day out on the water and just relax and let all the badness go. And then you go into your season and you start to win games because of that Bennington. MillerMarine.com and PowerLodge.com to snag some throttle therapy. And uh, a shout-out to our friends, too, at Finch Home Solutions. Judd, our guy Cody Finch with his (laughs) Finch Mobile, the Finch Finch Home Solutions Mobile. Show no up at your about, home. No question. In, in fact, I guarantee you that Cody, who's a, who's a huge Purple fan, is binging this Netflix special now. But you know what? He would drop everything right now, and so would his entire staff if you call. And I'm t- talking about an electronic job at your house that's big or small. I'm talking about it could be rewiring your entire house. It could be just simply replacing an outlet or a light. Finch does it all, and they do it all quickly, efficiently. They're courteous. They have been in, in my house. And, folks, if I allow somebody in my house, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to recommend them because they did a great job, and that's exactly what Finch did. 
612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com, and make sure to tell them that the guys from Score North told you uh, to call them because that helps us, and Finch loves to hear when fellow Vikings fans all unite. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, boys, let's make another another trip around the room here. You like that? Right. One, two, three. You like that? Judd. All right, I think this was from episode two. Um, this is going to be a little bit off off the, the Cousins game topic, but I thought it was incredibly cool. I would love to have a house that has a hidden, I guess yeah. it's called Murphy, Murphy door, Murphy door and, yeah. a, and a room that's hidden that has all of my stuff, a gorgeous <laughs> room, Kirk Cousins' room of Kirk's stuff which I think is off his house in Michigan, not the one here. That is a gorgeous room. That is awesome. And, man, it must be nice to be filthy rich when you can afford a room where your wife's like, you know what, put all your stuff there because I never have to see it. That room looked awesome. I like how he was all sheepish, too. He's like, yeah, I wanted to kind of put it over off to the side here in a hidden room. It feels a little self-promotional if it's just if I got 42 game balls in the living room, you know. You know, I got to be <laughs> honest. That strikes me as something that, like, if, if again, if, big if, don't laugh too hard. If I had athletic talent and, like, played pro ball, Dawn, there is no way that that she would condone, yeah, put all your baseballs or footballs in the living room. I think Julie, much to her credit, probably said we can if we're going to build this house, let's build a back room that's got a hidden door so you can enjoy it and I don't have to see it. I don't think but I don't think Kirk would I, I don't think it was like an argument where Kirk wanted oh, no all of his Kirk stuff out. I don't think he feels no. comfortable with self-promotion either. So No, I'm just saying I love this room. It was Isn't awesome. It? What would you put in your? Do you have? Have you ever won an award? Have you won an award? Mm, I haven't won an award since like high school. I you don't. You get Judd a game ball sometime for a really good show. I don't, Score North uh, game ball. I got my bobbleheads. I'd put there my baseball cards. Like I could have. You I've got could fill all, out that room. All my stuff. Oh yeah. Now yeah, I've got all all my stuff stuck in <laughs> this room. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not as big as the cousins compound or even close. I've been in this office in for like six weeks and all my stuff is still, still just sitting on the ground. I have not hung up anything. I am, I'm terrible at that kind don't of stuff. Do you want stuff. to put a, some stuff up behind yeah, you? I, I, yeah, why I, don't you use these white walls behind you? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I kind of like the insane asylum up. look. I don't know. I, I, I have no, like, <laughs> speaking of Finch Home Solutions, like not just electrical work, but any type, that is not something I like to do. Like not even remotely comfortable what, like hanging a picture do. or what what's i hung anything. that up dude I and i can't hide anything hate it's it. crooked <laughs> i hate it i can't yeah, stand it side note side tangent um Put save it, it for me from uh like from back on episode one i i thought the sports psychology and the therapist part was really dang cool um I saw the New York Post kind of had that scoop about a week ago. I believe Peyton Manning like tipped his hand about that mm-hmm. to someone at the Post. Post ran with it. But it was cool to see him talk about these kind of things. 
you know, I think in football and especially, and I don't mean to stereotype, but a lot of football fans, you know, they kind of are the bravado and put your feelings aside and, you know, you, you should just, you know, get up and take the other hit and, you know, stop worrying about things you can't control. I thought it was pretty cool that Kirk Cousins is able to open up like that and even show that part. I mean, it's one thing, I think we're getting past it in society. I think people are much more comfortable going to therapy than they were even like five years ago. But to have cameras on you and to have basically now the entire world watching you go to a psychiatrist, I thought that was a pretty cool moment for Kirk to show the world and to show a lot of Vikings fans. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's really necessary for everyone in life, but especially for an NFL quarterback too. Yeah, and he didn't have to. You know, that's that was what, what Peyton Manning kind of said. And uh, like they didn't ask him, hey, would you mind uh, taking – we got the cameras in your home. Would you also mind if we took them into your – Oh. psychologist appointment and he said no i want this to be yeah. documented. documented as sort of part of the the deal so i also thought that was really cool it's okay. smart too like it, it it's incredibly smart the pressure in that position I, I mean hell in pro sports period but the pressure at that job i would almost unless the player i don't know said no, no way i would encourage it yeah it's and it, it, i mean it's I think more players, it's way more prominent now among teams to just have a couple people on staff that can help. I mean, like, even locally, the Twins, the Vikings, for sure, have had mm-hmm. on staff, on call. I mean, when I covered the Twins 10 years ago, Dr. Rick Aberman, who actually taught one of my college classes, he was just in the dugout during batting practice, just hanging out. Like, if a player wanted to pull him aside and go into a room or something, I mean, he was just kind of around, so... It's definitely more prominent now, but I like that Kirk kind of brought it to a to a forefront. Okay. I'm going to be a little critical. just want to warn people. Right? This isn't hating. This is just an observation. Something that, I, that kind of drives me nuts when I see and hear people doing this. But at the very beginning, I believe this was like the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And Kirk references a Margaret Thatcher quote. If my critics saw me walking on water, they'd say it's because I can't swim. Right. This line of thinking drives me nuts. And I hear it from people when it comes to like Carl Anthony Towns criticism, Kirk Cousins criticism, that if my critics saw me doing the thing that they criticize me for not doing that they would find something else to criticize me for. No, they would praise you. Well, these are the reasonable ones. I'm sure there's a small percentage of people that just like would hate to hate, right? But I don't know, like, if my critics saw me walking on water. Well, what is walking on water? I would say in the NFL as a quarterback, walking on water in, in this sense would be taking teams deep into the playoffs, winning Super Bowls, not checking down on fourth and eight when your season's on the line, right? Like, that's a fair criticism. So to push back at some of that criticism and say, well, I mean, come on now. Like, I'm pretty pretty perfect. If I walked on water, they'd still find a way. No, like, no. (laughs) If you did the things that people criticize you for not doing, most people would stop criticizing you. So I just, that kind of drove me nuts when I, when I heard that, like, let's use the Margaret Thatcher quote. Okay. Let's calm down. Kirk's got a very busy mind. That's the only way I can put it. There's a lot going on up there. I don't think, but, but I hear this from fans all the time. If Kirk, you've heard this too. 
if Kirk led the Vikings to a Super Bowl, you'd still find a way to discredit him. Right. Why why do you think that? <laughs> well, and and for Seriously? fans, you think yeah. the Monday after that happens, we'd come on the show and be like, "Whoa, the Vikings just won their first Super Bowl in 62 years and fulfilled the mission of this show." But uh, I don't know, that pass Kirk through in the third quarter, you know, like are you kidding me? I just I just go back to this really confirms though that Kirk Kirk the person and the way his mind works, he's not able to stop that to be Kirk, the quarterback. And if he could, it would help him. But I think he struggles with that because Pat Mahomes, the person in this documentary, ain't Pat Mahomes, the guy on the field in this documentary. He yeah, takes they, it to does 11. Seem like there's two different Mahomes. Yeah. You know. Like he, he's not dropping F-bombs around the house. And, and, and man, I'm going to tell you again, I like players that drop F-bombs like that. Mahomes, he's, I, I am, the man crush, if it was like a two before, it's up to like an eight right now. Oh, wow. It, it was a two before? Well, I'm just you, saying I didn't know that much. I, I knew he was great, I and I knew he, he was an alpha. But the first time ever, like, watching Pat Mahomes? In this in this environment, absolutely. I had I had no idea. I love the stuff where he gets in Max Crosby's face. And and then at the end, end of the game, he's like, oh, dog, okay, man, no, I love you. I, I mean, I have learned so much about his makeup today that goes beyond his pure talent, which, by the way, is off the charts scary. My favorite thing about this now 31-minute recap is Judd discovering Patrick Mahomes yeah. for the first it's an time. Eight. He has mobility in his spine. They're talking about the mobility of Patrick Mahomes' spine. Well, they talk about that with golfers, too. I mean, let's not yeah. go too Okay. Far. Oh, my God. No. I mean, Justin Thomas. I appreciated about Patrick Mahomes a lot. But the man crush is now out, out of control. Very few people are put on the planet like this. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I've got another Kirk statement, too. I thought it was very interesting, and he's probably talked about this before, but I thought in, in this uh, episode, it might have been two, of the documentary, Kirk Cousins was very upfront about just how disappointed he was to be drafted by Washington. Yeah. And said, you he was, know, he was already thinking about it from like a business perspective, sort of right. Like, yeah, I didn't well, really celebrate because I kind of thought that my path was. That's blocked, what I was going to say. Know? His quote is <laughs> and, and his quote is telling his quote was. When you're drafted, it's supposed to be a night of celebration and your family's all there and you're excited. And he's like, I wasn't because I'm a fourth round pick by a team that just took in what the top two. Robert Griffin, the third. I just I thought it was. Again, I think it's interesting, and I think what this shows you, at, at least in some clips, especially on the sideline and a clip like that, is how his mind operates. And I'm not even criticizing it. I'm just saying I think it's a it's a very interesting window into some things that we sort of discussed and suspected, but this way more confirms it. And And again, he has some definite ER qualities. He has some definite Judd Downer qualities to him. <laughs> he does. I mean, Hi, I'm going to tell you right Kevin. now. I think the same way. I think, I think he knows the same people's names. Does. He knows his coworkers' names a little bit yeah. better, but the similarities are definitely. You, okay, I'm not sure about that. After the Washington game, one of the longtime field ushers, I think, comes up. <laughs> hey, hey look who it is. Look who it is. Says, look who it is. Classic and the guy, guy said, I beat cancer. And Kirk's He's like, God bless you. That's great. I had no idea what the dude's name was, okay? Well, what's that like? I want to see Judd's reaction if somebody that he recognized from his past comes up to him. 
uh, d- doesn't know his or her name, and the first thing they say proudly is, Judd, I just beat cancer. And I say, look I, who that's it is. why I want the scene to start. You know what he is? Hey, fella. Kirk has real potential if Curb continues to, to go on to be a Curb character. Oh. Hey, it's you. Look it's it. you, guy. Yeah, right, Dex? Yes, it would be. <laughs> look who it is. It would be epic. <laughs> Oh, Could you see Larry David? It's like the Bill Buckner scene where Larry throws in the baseball hey! and it goes out the window. God. Why'd you let it go? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, any other? And we're gonna do two more of these. So you know, yep. anything else pressing from the first couple um, episodes for you guys? I'll just, I'll, I'm just gonna say this: the cousins' family is exactly who I thought they were. And like, I, I think everyone kind of knew that going into this documentary, just kind of who they are. They just want to be, you know, average Joe's. I think Julie says, you know, we're normal people who shop at Target and Sam's Club and we're not going to like Sam. hide from that. Uh, and just now watching now, I, I'm only three episodes in, so I haven't seen anything else. I'm, I'm staggering out these a little bit more, but just what I've seen in the three episodes they're uh, they are exactly who I thought they would be. There's a great scene, spoiler alert later in the series where Kirk, you know how most people just like go online and order books, just like go on Amazon or I whatever and Kirk buy did. books. I do what Kirk did. Kirk went in and just crushed a Barnes and Noble, literally yeah. walked out with like a forklift of books at Barnes and Noble. I've done and that. he, and he's, it's, he's, he's a Kirk cousin's man. He's like, and he and he walks and he's asking the the people behind the desk. Hey, excuse me, do you work here? Hey, can I? Can you help me? Can you help me find a book? Yeah. And she's and, and she. I don't think she knew who he was. I mean, there was a camera in there, so maybe she. But she's like, hey, if you buy a book from this table, it's two for one. It's half off. Like, oh, great. Like, oh, that's oh, great. I'm gonna tell you right now. He, <laughs> what the more I saw, he definitely has some Judd tendencies. <laughs> I have done the exact same thing. Just roll into a gone in a Barnes Nobles and and, and he loiters. So he looks at stuff and doesn't buy it, which I've done too. So you go in and you read like five pages of a book. Because he said, I could sit here, drink coffee, and just read their books all day. It is great. I will say, uh, I make fun and I kid here, but there's nothing like just going into a Barnes & Noble for like two hours and just getting away from the world. Haven't been in a Barnes & Noble in 20 years, I feel like. Like You're missing out, man. Really? You're missing out. Oh, the book section is still great. The magazines, which used to be really, really good, are depleted now because, like, SI, I think, comes out, like, once a month or something. They do but, have yeah, a the very, book section um, is still great. Maybe it's because of, like, just book. They do have a certain smell, each store of Barnes. Like, I know coffee, if, yeah. I, if I was blindfolded and you put me in, I knew I'd be in Barnes & Noble. It's like, it's like, it's like coffee, and, coffee and paperback. You and know, paperback, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but the Har- the uh, Harmar one is great because it's huge. Yeah, I feel like Barnes and Noble. There's some, and they're. I'm actually kind of shocked that they're still around and thriving with Amazon just like lurking yeah, over their shoulder here. Yeah. You know, they outlasted Blockbuster. Barnes I'll, and be, I'll be, I'll be, or I'll be sad if they're gone though. If we don't have, when's the last stores, time you went into a Barnes sad. and Noble? About a month ago. Would you buy? Um, Hockey News Magazine, and I didn't. I was. I thought about a book, but I've got a ton of books, so I didn't buy a book. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still browse a lot. Like I'm like Kirk, I, you know, I buy some, but I browse as well. Yeah. It's a great and place to find books. The, does he still drive the conversion van too? Or with it? Cause they were showing when he, when he got to Washington, he bought like a new dad van. Yeah. I think, well, they, still I think have, he, they have that big, that big, like white 
is it a Mercedes SUV or whatever it is? Yeah, you know what? Know. When they go in their garage in episode, it's like five. I don't see the van to your point, but okay. it might have been parked outside too. Or maybe it's in Michigan. Could be in Michigan. Ooh, that's you a good know. point. So those houses look really nice. I mean, well, they wouldn't mind be. either of those houses. I'd take either one of those. I think for the money he makes, that those houses are actually because they show the outside of his house, the one in Minnesota. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. Maybe they show both. Like Sorry. they're not what they could be. Like Russell Wilson's house is different. Did you see the home? The and this might be episode um, six, but it might be seven. Did you see the home in the Kansas City area? The Mahomes are building. Yes, it's oh got a golf God. course. It's got a half football field. That's just it's got outside. A, the it's house. got a fire pit that's bigger square foot space than my house. That's amazing. It's got a swim up bar. You really need a swim up no. bar. No, like you can hire don't. a bartender, I guess. To... The nicest house. Yeah. The nicest houses I saw when I was on the beat because I did features on them was Matt Burks and Steve Hutchinson's and H- Hutchinson's was out in P- the Plymouth area by at the time Carlos Silva and like Flip Saunders mm. and, and Koski like, maybe like Orno like it was out that way but I think no. it was I think it was I don't know exactly it wasn't Orno proper but anyway both of those dudes had half gyms yeah and I think both of them had theaters Burke definitely had a theater this but it wasn't a, anything like what, what this is a great fun conversation. I was in Aaron Boone's house one time. You were recording a podcast like six years ago, like Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees when he was working yeah, on Sunday Night baseball. And I did, I think you can still find the episodes. I did a podcast series called Harbaugh society mm-hmm. and uh, my co-host and partner on it, uh, Justin, had a connection to to Boone and Boone was like, yeah, they, you know, we were in, it was in Scottsdale. We were in Arizona doing some recordings and stuff. Sure. And we went there double gated community, double gated. Like you, you go into one gate to get into the community, but then there's like another inner community with another gate yeah. and you drive in and he had wow. this, he had this office with this, like the whole wall was like a TV and he's got all of his like Aaron Boone memorabilia, you know, and the shelf behind him. And these huge doors that just opened to like this synthetic turf lawn where his dogs were hanging out. I was going to say. It's like a water fountain out there. And he's just got them wide open because it's Scottsdale. You know, it's like 80 degrees. I would love wow. like just three <laughs> par three holes. That's what I would want in my house. I would be, I love, I would love just to be able to golf in my backyard. Patrick that, Mahomes, that, man. That, that would, that yeah. would be what I would want. Patty's got that. Easily. Dex. And a very sweet hot tub. I don't want a pool. I want, yeah, I want a hot, hot tub, tub. especially well, in Minnesota. Both of you want. In Minnesota, I don't, you're going to use that hot tub more than you're going to use the pool in Minnesota. True. Totally agree. Yep. So, all right, we got two more of these coming here, too. So, binge up. In which we'll talk Vikings about fans. houses as well. As yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to do probably like a, we'll center around sort of uh, episodes three and four, which includes the full Buffalo Bills game yeah. and and the stuff sort of after it. And it's the Bills game and then the Cowboys ass kicking and sort of the roller coaster ride. And then we'll kind of lump episodes five through eight together for a, a third recap. So, yeah, binge up. Spoilers coming your way here. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. You like that? Purple Daily. You like-